chew bubblegum, recorded from a secret location in the city that moves mountains. Greetings. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass, and I'm all out of bubblegum. What's up, floggers? Good morning, everyone. I hope that you are doing great. Uh, getting started a little bit late this morning on the live. Diva Dan held us up. Diva Dan. Diva Dan. Diva Dan. I must say that your beard and hair look magnificent this morning. That extra uh, 10 minutes that you spent primping really really paid off you can't even see my hair that's the point right right man (laughs) (laughs) oh so how are you guys doing this morning it's cold it's cold we went from what 70 degrees to fucking six inches of snow in less than eight hours yes and it's they're fucking with the weather without telling me they're fucking with the weather because that shit ain't natural and it's 13 degrees back here this morning yeah 13 degrees here too now uh, before we got on you were telling me a little bit about your dog do you want to share that with everyone so so yeah so i'm on this theory and several other flockers are with me on this we got that weird snowstorm right like 70 degrees and then we got eight inches of snow, and it's or six inches of snow it's not normal snow right it doesn't right. look like snow and it's not melting the same it's it's not doing anything that snow should be doing so cash is a husky wolf mix right he gets very excited with snow it's like his thing he ate a fuck ton of snow and we got, I tried to get him to stop, but that's useless. Right. And got super sick, super like threw up nine times throughout the night. And I'll tell you what, nothing gets you out of bed fucking faster than the, the sound that dogs make right before they're about to throw up all over your shit. Right. So we dealt with that. Well, I dealt with that all night, Thursday or Friday night. And then, Saturday morning, he was able to keep his breakfast down. He has not eaten the snow since. He will not even lick the snow. Is he? So is he okay now? He, he's okay now, but like that's the and he kept his food down. But that's the I only difference. Much, so. Yeah, that's the only difference that it's been. And there were a couple other Flockers dogs that ate the snow and also got sick. You know. Uh... Yeah, they're they're definitely messing with the weather. And this is kind of a different topic, but for some reason, your TikToks, and this goes to you, Dirty Dan, and uh, 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 Beautifully Calm as well. They're normally on my feed. I've not been able to find them. I've had to go actually search for you guys to see what you've posted. And it's been that way probably for like the last four or five days, I've noticed that. Interesting. For the last four or five days, and even the uh, the uh, fed up TikTok page, I have to go search his out, and I have no idea why. I mean, people are coming up on my feed that I don't even follow. That I mean, you know, and, and I know that that's normal sometimes for people to pop up, but yeah, it's uh, I don't know if they're I I don't know what's going on with that, so. I know I've been shadow banned since my major accounts got taken down, like all the way a long time ago. But <clears throat> TikTok, TikTok's constantly drunk. TikTok fuckery. Yeah, TikTok fuckery. Exactly, shit mess. It's just 
Totally. I can't believe you're shadow banned, though, probably because you're married to me. I mean, yesterday someone liked the video I posted two months ago. Well, I mean, you know, and 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 uh, that happens to me. I get people, you know, that post video that like videos I've posted, you know, like last summer. But uh, you know, I, I just found it odd that, like, you know, you and Dirty Dan and uh, uh, Beautifully Calm, you know, you guys always pop up. I always, you know, watch your. I mean, you know, because you all say interesting shit. Well, ex except for Dirty Dan, but. Everybody else, you know, <laughs> I want to check hey, you guys hey, out. That, that's that video I stitched the other day about Justin Danger Nunley. That was pretty. I think that was my most interesting video. Now, see, I have not saw that one yet. I don't think. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. TikTok's stupid. Definitely, definitely, and and it could be to what you know, and and it could be dirty damn where me and you both log in and hear that you bubblegum TikTok. That could be it. You know what I mean? You know. I don't know, but I show up on my own for you page, and I don't even follow myself. Really? Now, see, yeah. I, I always forget about the here that you bubblegum TikTok. I, I can't tell you the last time I was in it. So, well, but I don't uh, know. it's just weird. Yeah, definitely. What we're going to do this week is uh, we had like six email. Uh, I told everyone this before we got started. Uh, next week will be our uh, show, uh, last show before the break, and we're going to be doing some secret squirrel stuff. Uh, you guys know, if you were here last week and listened, what we're going to be doing during that break. We do have one email this week uh, that I printed off from Mr. Bolin Cox. We will save that for segment two. But uh, something I thought fun that we could do this morning, if you guys want to. And I'm older than you guys. You guys will probably have no idea what I'm talking about. But um, I found, I stumbled across some 800 numbers. And... Uh, yeah. <laughs> the uh, first one, I, I have four of them here. One of them is a uh, Warner Brothers number that was on a uh, DVD, not DVD, but a, um, hell, it may have been a DVD, a DVD VCR tape back in the 90s. Uh, the other one is Nickelodeon number advertising the uh, Nickelodeon magazine. And if you are my age, um, if you were born in the 70s, um, when we had uh, TBS, the Turner Broadcasting Service, they used to always advertise everything under the sun. And they had a particular number for everything. And that number was 1-800-257-1234. So I figured we would call that and uh, all these other numbers. And the last one we have, if you had the USA Network and watched it as a child in the 80s, they had a number that was 1-800-USA-1000. And they sold everything under the sun. So I figured we could have a little fun this morning. And we are going to call the Warner Brothers number uh, from the 90s that was advertised on uh, DVDs and VHS tapes to see if we can still get that cartoon that was available. Okay, I was gonna. I was gonna ask, what are we? What are we inquiring about? But never mind. We're going to see if we can still get that cartoon. Now, I, I have not tried these uh, beforehand, so we're doing this on the fly. Can you guys hear that? Okay. And I have no idea if anyone will even answer. It hasn't been disconnected or it would have already. Yeah. 
Okay. So that, that, that one's kind of a letdown. Nobody's answering that one. So the next one we're going to call is you could subscribe to Nickelodeon Magazine. And I think this is from 1992. So uh, this is before your guys' time. And, no. Uh, it's also Sunday, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, but still, you know, th- these were numbers. And the other numbers should be, yeah, like yeah. they should answer. Yeah, you know, they, they, they sold stuff. So let's see if we can subscribe to Nickelodeon Magazine. And let's call this next number. And, uh, again, I have not tried these uh, ahead of time. I have no idea what is going to happen. So here's the second one. <laughs> and evidently nobody is wanting to sell us a subscription to Nickelodeon magazine, which I don't even think they have anymore. I was going to say. Okay. Uh, we're going to try the 1-800-257-1234. Again, this number was associated with the Turner Broadcasting Service, and they sold everything from the Ninja Ginsu knives to, uh, I mean, hats, vacuum cleaners, you name it. So that one is busy. So evidently that one is probably disconnected. The last or one. Or the fax machine. Yeah. The last one we're going to try is the 1-800-USA-1000. So let's try that. And this one also, uh, this was like a competitor for TBS. They sold stuff as well on this number. That one has been disconnected. So, well, you know, hey, we tried. If anybody's watching live right now, and uh, this just dawned on me, if anybody has anybody that they want us to call this morning, and just say good morning. Uh, put the number up. Tell us their name, and we'll call them right now. So. Oh my God! You should call. You should call Mama Flocker. Really? She's okay. In living, she's in the living room. I'll text you her number. In okay. The private okay. Chat. Okay. Oh, okay. Text me her number, and we will definitely. Now, do you want me to tell her who I am, or do you want me to mess around with her a little bit? Call her about her car's extended warranty. Okay. Okay. No, no. Call her and tell her that you're trying to sell her. Uh, RV insurance. Okay. Okay. She just bought an RV. Okay. Definitely. I, I will definitely do that. So just uh, text me her number. And, uh, I'm working on it. We will call Mama Flocker. Right, there you go. Really? What? Scroll up. What? Mm-hmm. Nothing we didn't say to you. Yeah. Yeah, Diva Dan. I love you, Dirty Dan. I hope you know that. <laughs> so we will call Mama Flocker. Oh, she was going off about something on my live this morning. So, what kind of RV did she get? She's not. She's watching her iPad. What? What? What kind of RV did she get? The camping kind. I know that, but is it like a is it a is it a pull along? Is it a fifth wheel? Is it a class yeah, C? Yeah, it's a fifth wheel. Okay, okay. So I got to go get the hitch from the guy to put on my truck, so I can go back and get the camper for it. Okay. Now, did you text me your number? Yeah, it's in. No, it's in the private chat on Twitch. Oh, okay. Okay. I can't. I'm on my phone. I can't. Text gotcha. You. Gotcha. Oh, Dirty Dan could have texted yeah. you. I, I see it there. Okay. 
All right. I am going on. So you guys just uh, – I will I will keep your guys' mics up. So uh, let me know. Let's see. All right. So just uh, you, you and Dirty Dan, just be quiet. And here we go. Let's judge. One zero. Well, let me let me let me let me try one more. Hey, Dirty Dan, text me that number and put the one in front of it. So we'll let Dirty Dan text me the number, and uh, I didn't put the one in front of it. So that's that's my bad. My bad. Going back to. <clears throat> So, fifth wheel RV. Okay, here we go. Now, we are... Now accomplished. All right, we are calling, so... Your call has been forwarded to an automated voice messaging system. <laughs> Nine, one, yeah, zero, seven, one, I will, two, I will leave her a voicemail. Well, well, I had... Uh, I had better not leave her a voicemail because it was giving the number out. So let me call it one more time. If it goes to voicemail, I'll turn it down to where people can't hear the number. So, all right, here we go. Doing it one more time. Your call has been forwarded to an automated voice messaging okay. system. I'll just mute you. Nine, one, okay. zero, seven, one, two, two, four, four. Available. At the tone, please record your message. When you've finished recording, you may hang up or press 1 for more options. Good morning, ma'am. I'm calling about some RV insurance. I understand you just bought a fifth-wheel RV, and us at RV Insurance Incorporated would sure like to set you up with a policy to take care of your beautiful home on wheels. You can give us a call back at one 800 257 one, two, three, four. Again, that's one eight hundred two five seven one two three four. I encourage you to call and act now within the next eight hours and we'll discount your R V insurance five hundred dollars. You heard me right, five hundred dollars. Ma'am, call us today. Call us today. If your R V has toilets, we will give you a better discount for any toilets that you have. That's right, $100 for any toilets you have. Call us back right now for your RV insurance, 1-800-275-1234, and uh, ask for Edsel. So uh, <laughs> she may listen to that and be like, what the hell is that about? I so. have to ask her if she got any voice <laughs> I can only go out there. Go record it. And get a drink. Go record it. <laughs> oh, my God. This is fantastic. Yeah. Okay, what are we doing today? Who are we talking about? Okay. <laughs> okay. Dirty Dan, we'll let you start out. We'll just jump straight into segment one. And uh, now, that that would be awesome if, uh, if uh, she calls that number or if my number showed up and she calls that back that that would be totally awesome but uh dirty dan we'll let you start out with your first story we'll jump right into segment one this morning all right so, so i have the true story of the return of the ufo alien cat people In 1956 10 year old robert hambly it's an alias 
parking in the evening uh, of ice skating with 12. Partaking. Partaking. What did I say? Parking. Parking. Partaking makes more sense <laughs> in an evening of ice skating with 12 different kids in a neighborhood park in the Moss Community Department, Montana. Looking at the sky, they were astounded to see a few brilliant circles maneuvering across the sky. Robert had uh, never seen UFOs and had no... What are you shaking your head for? I'm just reading along with you. If I can piss you off. It worked. <laughs> I'm just making sure you're reading the words right. We had trouble with partaking. Specifically, partaking. You can specifically just shut right the fuck up. How about that? Robert had never seen UFOs and had no clue about the thing he was seeing. However, he realized it wasn't an everyday sight. A couple of days after the fact, Robert's life changed for eternity. He arose in the night to see an abnormal figure remaining close to his bed. To Robert, the figure resembled a three-foot-tall humanoid feline. It had a huge, uncovered head, immense, dull feline-like eyes, and a slight body. Unfit to move, Robert was loaded up with dread. Before long, the figure had disappeared. Be that as it may, for the following years, Robert was visited again and again. In the meantime, somewhere far off in Las Vegas, Nevada, a young lady, alias Melissa Branson, up in her room to see to seize a feline-like alien, E.T., traveling through the divider. <clears throat> she let her folks know who said Melissa, more likely than not, had a bad dream. Yet Melissa had better sense than that. She had been conscious. Also, it continued occurring. She knew something extremely unusual was going on with her. Afterward, as a young person, Melissa saw a UFO close to her home, yet at the same time she didn't associate it with her youth appearances. Both Melissa and Robert grew up, and numerous years after the fact, they met, began dating, and experienced passionate feelings for one another, and then got hitched. UFOs and aliens were the furthest thing from their conscious minds. Yet in 1992, the UFOs returned plundering into their lives. They watched the TV miniseries Gate Crashers, and they understood that two of them had very much like encounters with feline, alien, extraterrestrials. They likewise found that there was a past filled with UFO experiences on two sides of their families. Then, at that point, came a progression of more UFO sightings. It wasn't long after the UFO sightings that one evening, the feline-like ETs had returned. Terrified and irate, Robert intellectually battled with the ETs, van uh, vanquishing them from his life until the end of time. Robert and Melissa's case contains novel and intriguing components that give a few significant experiences into the idea that UFO alien phenomena. Both feel that they were reached by a similar gathering of ETs who might have even united them. Both experienced clairvoyant contact with the UFOs. Maybe generally significant, Robert had the option to end his experiences by requesting the ETs to let him be. Their case is a significant expansion to how we might interpret the extraterrestrial presence of our planet. Assuming you might want to investigate more about Robert Melissa's experience on your own and numerous others, look at this book, Wondrous, 25 True UFO Encounters. Uh, that's now available. That was a plug and I shouldn't have read it. <laughs> well, cat people aliens. And she is over here researching the hell out of feline extraterrestrials. I'm curious. <laughs> I got to say, one's, uh, one, one's really creepy. The other one kind of looks like Mufasa. <laughs> Yeah, but like it make like yeah, from the, like an like Egyptian Egypt, yep. standpoint, right? Aztecs. Well, you well, know, from through Armaria, 
the planet Armaria. But they're, um, <clears throat> they exist from 3D up to 12D in their dimensional perspectives. And they can be three to eight foot tall. And their qualities, they're curious, adventurous, creative, imaginative, organized, focused, planners, tenacious um, abilities, high psyche and telepathic, visionary and advanced creators, attuned to frequencies and can mold energies and change environments with music, art, dance, theater, among all other creative means. It makes you wonder about the musical cats. Yeah. Well, you know, and you actually brought up a good point, too, um, with the uh, Egyptians. If you look at some of their... Uh, drawings and stuff you know they have like humanoid figures with cat heads and and other stuff so i had heard of like cat people aliens um a long time ago but i'd actually forgot about that um prominent in atlantis and lumeria and later in ancient egypt see hey there we go ties in together you know and i've talked to people you know in private about uh you know people will be interested they'll find out you know about the show and they'll be like hey what do you really think you know do you think aliens would look like us and i think they would look how their environment has shaped them like you know we breathe in oxygen we have the you know uh, a head two eyes a nose mouth arms legs i think that they're you know they will look similar they will look humanoid but their appearance you know will be different than ours so if, to their environment. If aliens and like spirits and gods and everything are all extraterrestrial aliens, right? And some of them look like birds, some of them look like animals, you know what I'm saying? But if we are from them, if, if there was alien influence in our DNA and our evolution, right? Because we were talking about the blood types the other day. I watched a, a, a thing on ancient aliens that broke this down. But Maybe it's not them that looks like us, but it's us that looks like them. And, and, and that is a very good possibility as well. You know, I think that whatever, you know, their environment is, they will be uh, adapted and shaped to it. Well, and they have a whole listing of traits about them and characteristics. And I guess I fall under a feline extraterrestrial because under basic needs, it has both comfort and stimulation. And I like both. There you go. There you go. Hey, you always comfort me, and you always stimulate me. So, Katie. You two got something you want to tell me? That's what she said. Was it temperature control in my smoker? (laughs) Never mind. Never mind. Uh, Okay, next story. Rebecca, do you? They love exploring the nooks of the universe. Me too. (laughs) Just gonna stop reading now. I know that you have something oh this God. week for just, us, Rebecca. This, I just deleted your fucking email because the, the computer jumped. Son of a bitch. Well, go to deleted emails. <laughs> <laughs> well, while you were pulling that up, I will. Uh, oh, I deleted the wrong. Oh, it doesn't even matter. I deleted the wrong email. Okay, we're reading. We're reading this one that I didn't read last time, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And and I didn't even look uh, yesterday or this morning. Uh, you know, there there may have been some more. Were, were, were there three in that one? There's three. Okay, and and those were just the ones. Lot. Those were just the ones that uh, had uh, uh, been uh, reported. Okay. 
And you can break them down any way you want to. You don't have to read all of it. So. Okay, so these are March 2022 UFO sightings already. So two of them are on March 1st. One of them took place on March 4th. And it's all over the place. Nevada, California, and United Kingdom, these stories are from. So March 1st, Boulder City, Nevada. I was driving toward the Hoover Dam Lodge on Highway 93. There were two very, very bright and very large lights hovering fairly low over Lake Mead. They appeared to be hovering at the same height, yet somewhat distant from each other. The only color that we could see was is white. Airplanes wouldn't hover, and helicopters wouldn't fly in that darkness, and neither would appear as large as these objects. As we drove for another couple of minutes, one of the lights remained in place, still hovering. However, the one to the left suddenly flew upwards at an angle, I believe at an angle toward the northwest, and disappeared from sight within seconds. When we pulled into the parking lot of the lodge, we could see we could not see the remaining lights, as it was behind the hill, behind the lodge, were they UFOs? I mean, I think so. Well, you're near Roswell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You are. And and Nellis Air Force Base is right there. Exactly. All right. Next one. This one was also on March first, and this was offshore in a cruise near Long Beach, California. This is a long one. Hang tight. That's what she said. My, uh, <laughs> my wife and I were on the Carnival cruise ship Panorama returning from the Mexican Rivera, and we were approximately three hours out of docking at Long Beach, California. I woke up and had to use the bathroom just after 4 a.m. Before returning to bed, I checked the clock and decided to pull back the room curtain and see if I could see the lights of the shore. When I pulled them back, I got the surprise of my life as there were two glowing orbs keeping station with our ship. I watched them for a few seconds and then yelled at my wife, something like, holy crap, do you believe in UFOs? Evidently, she was awake from the trip to the bathroom because she joined me and went out onto the balcony to get a closer look. About that time, the orb started to slowly move towards the front of the ship. They appeared to be less than 100 yards from the ship, and the, and the light from them appeared hazy and kind of swirly. Hard to estimate their size, but I would guess 5 to 10 feet in diameter. As they moved forward on the ship, the one on the right, the one towards the east, made an almost 90-degree turn to the east at a very high rate of speed, then stopped and shot back to its original position. It then moved over to the, it then moved over the top of the other one, back underneath and back to its original station on the other. So it's like it like Judah off, came back and then kind of like did this thing and got back in line with it. Then they passed about level with the ship's bridge, made a gradual right turned to the right, to the east, then seemed to merge and shoot off at an extreme speed and vanished. That would have been enough for us, but when we started back inside, I noticed a glowing object under the ocean approaching from behind the ship at a high rate of speed. At this point, my wife became frightened and I let out a cry. We chose to stay on the balcony and watch this underwater light come up to about midship and hold station with the ship. It was hard to tell how deep it was or its size, but it was clearly glowing and moving like nothing I've ever observed in the sea. It kept its station on ship for probably 10 seconds or so, then made a violent right turn to the east, maybe 200 yards, then came back to its original station. It remained there for about 15 seconds, then made an underwater circle and left the way it had come from behind the ship. We were never believers in UFOs, but this encounter changed us from not just believers, but we now know. I did not see how big, I did not see the bridge crew of the ship. I did not, hold on. I do not see how the bridge crew 
-hmm. of the ship could not see these objects as they passed almost level with the bridge before vanishing. It was incredible, an incredible experience. For my wife and I, it was the experience of a lifetime. My wife is a retired school teacher, a teacher and I am a retired CEO and served as a helicopter pilot in Vietnam and have a commercial pilot's license. These things moved at speeds and did turns both above and below water that are unreal. And I am sure that we don't have those capabilities. I don't profess to know what these were, but I know that they were controlled by some intelligence. So, yeah, I mean, it's because they do, they, they don't fly, they hover because they, they understand anti, anti-gravity. Yeah. Gravity is very anyway, but yeah, cause they, they, they like, in directions like we can't do that with our flying technology no no you know and and even if we were capable to do that with the technology we have right now i don't think a human could uh, uh withstand that you know i don't i don't think he would be able to you know to to do that with the technology we that we know about right now now if they have some type of secret technology that would encircle the cockpit and you know uh you you, you kind of get what i'm saying where it would be normal to the pilot but they would be doing all types of different stuff uh, Taurus energy field it would be a Taurus. Of, they need some hell of a g-suits on it would be no it would be a Taurus energy field no what, i like that so Taurus energy field no. i like that that's more complicated than a g-suit that would be hella motion sickness why well, would i totally agree on that. They figured out Taurus energy fields what do you think their suits are? They're flat suits. They're assuming that they're wearing clothes. Fuck it, let's party naked then. <laughs> um, <laughs> Hell emotion sickness. <laughs> yeah. Um, this story uh, recently uh, was posted on mysterywire.com. A uh, former CIA specialist reveals new story, uh, new secrets of Area 51, including the real name. For Area 51. An air of mystery has always surrounded Nevada's Area 51 base. For years, the U.S. military denied that it even existed, but it has been there since 1955. Behind cryptic nicknames, uh, now new secrets about the base are being made public for the first time, including the base's real name. Area 51 is, in one sense, a living, breathing entity. Uh, and Contradiction, the world's best uh, known secret base. It has also inspired numerous books, television shows, and a major motion picture, uh, b- but was it truly ever a secret? Area 51 was never secret. You knew the existence of it. Uh, it was just who was out there and what they were doing. Thornton T.D. Barnes, a former CIA uh, radar specialist, said to News 8, uh, News 8's now I-team, George Knapp. Barnes has probably done more than anyone to lift the veil off of the secrecy from Area 51. He's the head of the Roadrunners, a group of former Area 51 employees who came into the open more than a decade ago to talk about the work they did in the Nevada desert. Barnes said that things uh, further by nudging the CIA to declassify photos and documents about the base Things that the CIA didn't even seem to know, including the base's real name, which is Station D. Uh, The CIA's real name for Area 51, again, was Station D. 
It's also in the title of Barnes, Barnes' new definitive history on the place. They had all kinds of documents in there that identified it as Station D, Barnes says. The public has never seen this stuff until now. And uh, I went to the CIA historians to get more information, and they said, uh, we've never heard of that. In the book, Barnes outlines the astonishing array of nicknames and code names used for the base since the CIA first uh, chose the base in 1955 as the perfect spot to secretly test and fly the highly classified U-2 spy plane. Groom Lake is the location and has always been used. CIA employees initially called the dusty outpost Waterton or Waterton Strip, named for the hometown of CIA director at the time. Uh, the designation of Area 51 started in 1958 when the CIA needed to annex land from a nearby atomic testing range to develop the A-12 Blackbird. Someone in the 60s, uh, someone in, uh, sometime in the 60s, the 51 disappeared from maps and the military started pretending there wasn't a base there at all, even though Russian spy agencies knew that it was there. The Aerospace and Defense Company, Lockheed Martin, referred to the area as Paradise Ranch, a cruel joke to, loo, to lull, lure workers out to the desert. It was anything but paradise, Bourne said. Paradise Ranch became the ranch, then Red Square, or the box, which referred to as the no-fly zone around the base. Several other names popped up over the decades for Area 51, which included Yuletide, St. Elsewhere, Home Plate, Hami Airport, and the site. Many other different variations, including what may um, have been the best of the bunch, Dreamland, taken from a call uh, from a tower call sign. The CIA used stories basically lies to disguise what went on at Groomer Lake. In the beginning, it was supposedly a NASA weather station, then an uh, atomic energy research facility, but the whole time the CIA was developing the world's most advanced espionage platforms and technologies that helped the U.S. win the Cold War. Uh, again, T.D. Barnes is the author of CIA Station D, Area 51, uh, the complete illustrated history of the CIA Station D at Area 51. That is the name of the book. It is available now, and you can check that out. What I found interesting about that, the only nickname that I'd heard of was uh, Homie Air, Hominy Airport. That was the only one I'd heard of. What about you guys? You weren't even listening. No, I wasn't. I was busy. <laughs> I was other shit. You know, I don't think you understand. Like, there's a lot that happens back here. There's not. Yes, there is. You weren't paying attention either. I couldn't hear over your... That's not my fault. Hey, we may be getting a producer pretty soon to take care of all that stuff for us. Hey. If the, if the deal works out, so... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, uh... The bits and pieces I could hear. Oh my god. Um, I, 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 why, why, why? Why what? Why make such an obscure move and make such a big production about something so secretive, and then? try to deny it 
Well, uh, I thought it was fascinating that some of the historians had never heard of Station D. So just imagine what documents that they have that they've lost or they have misplaced and they don't have access to, you know. Oh, just like how to get back to the moon? Maybe exactly, that's exactly. That's that's what I was leading to. Since, you know, it started out as a NASA, a NASA, NASA weather station. NASA weather station. <laughs> NASA started in the ocean. Yeah, yeah. They started on No. They, they, NASA, NASA was an initially funded and created to go into the ocean. Right. So they didn't start on land. Yeah, All right. So this one was March 4th, and this was in the United Kingdom. I was driving along London Road eastbound from Hadley, Hadley. Hadley towards Leon Sea. Leon Sea. What are these places? With my 13-year-old son, I was traveling eastbound and noticed a very bright orange light, which appeared to be stationary. Pointed it out to my son, who agreed it was odd, but we thought it was perhaps a helicopter facing towards us. It had no strobe navigation lights, but we paid no particular attention to it. (laughs) This journey passes an open area, which allows one to see across a very wide and dark... Thames. Thames Estuary. What the fuck is that? which shows the river and the coast of Kent and the house light shining in the distance. It was very clear. It was a very clear night and no wind. And I could see approximately 25 miles from my location. The initial orange light was by now not visible. It would have been above the car as it would have been above the car. As we drove, I realized that there were in fact five bright orange lights in a straight line traveling South to North with one more of them appearing above, above the Kent coast one by one. They were blinking into existence above the ostrary and estuary. an estuary. What is that? I'd be lying if I told you I remembered. In an extremely ordinary fashion, orderly fashion, and then following one another in a per- perfectly straight line. By now it was obvious that the high, highly unusual, and I realized I should try and record it. Pulled my vehicle over and jumped out to watch. My son was scared and unwilling to get out despite my excitement. I stood in awe watching these things fly directly over me. The light looked strange. It was actually a mix of white and orange and brilliance on the edges. I also could see that from beneath that they were diamond shaped and a slight elongation with two points facing north south and smaller ones east west. They also appeared to be much lower than I thought they were at the height of only a thousand yards or so, although it's an estimate. They were not Chinese lanterns, which I have seen many times in my life. They had a definite shape, and the light was brilliant and constant. We watched the parade fly overhead in total silence. It was beautiful and completely unlike anything I have ever seen before. So that that sounds like the, uh, um, fuck, what is it called? The Abani, the Abani lights, the yeah. snake lights. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, I do. I do. A part of the mouth or lower course of a river in which the river currents meets the sea tides. Where it opens up. So it's an inlet. Yeah. So we could have just said inlet. Okay, I got it. Um, before we move on with Dirty Dan's next story, what do people watching live right now, what are your thoughts of Area 51? Do you think that it's just a simple 
base where they do secret stuff that other they don't want other governments to know about? Or do you think that um, they actually have reverse-engineered technology not from this planet? I'm not allowed to answer, am I? Yes, 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 definitely. You can answer, Rebecca. I think they keep everything a secret because if we knew all of the answers and what we were truly fucking capable of, we would stop participating in their stupid fucking games and we would no longer serve them. All of their their facade would completely fall apart. They would get they won't be getting any more loose. Like it would just completely crumble this false matrix reality that they've created to keep us in servitude, so that they can make money that they created to begin with. What about you, Dirty Dan? What's your take? And I know you've answered this before, but you know. Did I get it? <laughs> I'm trying, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to find anything else that that can go with what she, it, it just... Oh, because nail on the head? Yeah. <sighs> He's come over to the dark side of my conspiracies. He still won't agree with me about the salt towers, but we've come to an agreement on the water towers. They, uh, you know, I, I yeah, mean... Based we can agree to disagree on the water towers as long as I don't talk about the salt buildings. Based on the Bob Lazar documentary and st- interviews and stuff that he said i think we definitely have alien technology there and i and i think that we got some of it from uh, the roswell crash i think we have some of it from different crashes in different parts of the world that and 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 so forth um uh, I mean, I think that there's been alien technology and, and alien intelligence and help since the since the beginning of all of it. Otherwise, we wouldn't have the monoliths that we have. We wouldn't have the buildings that we have. They wouldn't be able to understand the mathematics the way that we do if there wasn't some sort of other reality or realm intervention helping right. at that time. Well, I mean, and, and I've always said, after Roswell, the technology that was put out to uh, society was leaps and bounds ahead of anything else. I mean, something as the, as simple as a transistor. You know, when you take and make an EMFM radio with a transistor versus the big old bulbs that you had to have, like, you know, they were like, they were they were similar to miniature light bulbs. You had to have those to power the, the radio, and then you have the transistor. And, um, you know, the, the list goes on and on and on and on, and, and we've talked about that before. Uh, a lot on the show. Uh, Dirty Dan, what's your next story? Well, yeah. And well, we, yeah, yeah, that, that comment right there. It boomed after Area 51 technology just exploded. Totally agree with that. And you are correct on that as well. And I, we, it's not just from the 40s, the technology boom. Look back at Da Vinci because there was some shit that came out of his mind and got made that no one in their right or wrong mind could have just thought of all of a sudden and done. And they, some of his inventions really, really resembled some alien technology. 
So it, it's not it's not just one time. This has happened several times. And I mean, Lord knows, like she had said, with with all the other the, the buildings, the structures, the mathematics of everything. Like there, there's a pattern. I mean, stone levitation, <clears throat> melting rocks. But she's yeah, she's not wrong. Like no, there's, no, no, she's there's not. There's a huge repeated pattern of things that have happened or shown up or been magically created out of the blue quickly that just have no reason or way of being explained. Definitely. What's the next story you have for us there, Dirty Dan? Uh, well, I have one one headline I just want to read because it makes okay. me giggle, and then I have another story. Um, and does it make you is, does it make you giggle like a schoolgirl? I mean, almost. Okay. Uh, new species of ancient vampire squid discovered, named after Joe Biden. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Of ancient vampire squid discovered, named after Joe Biden. So, you know, um, <laughs> it's a vampiroid with ten functional appendages. An ancient vampire squid named after Joe Biden. Okay. <laughs> You know, when I was a young boy, I was a table doing my homework. Does it make you want to sing Blackbirds? <laughs> that wasn't me. That was smock. I'm just reading comments. You did a great hey. job, too, at, at uh, uh, singing Blackbirds. I mean, that was awesome. You you did great on that. I think your, your that when we... was untouchable. Wait, 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 wait. I think that when we come back from our break... That you should sing a song every week in the show. Yeah, we'll talk about that. I second that. No, we'll talk about that. Or or you could always get out your trumpet. Do you play the trumpet? Have you ever been oh, to Goose, you didn't know this? Have you ever been to band camp? All the time. Dirty Dan, please, please, <laughs> please do me a favor. Look at me right now and say this one time at band camp. <laughs> <laughs> please, no, Dirty Dan. Please, please. Come on, you have to do it. This one time at band camp. <laughs> you didn't know that? No. I no, I had no clue. Oh, he's a very good trumpet player. Good. Good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, Howie says he does all the good things with his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> We are going to take a break and we will be right back. You're listening to Here to Chew Bubblegum. But 
Are you a horror movie fan? Yeah, I dig horror movies. Are you searching for a great internet horror talk radio show to listen to? Why, sure, that sounds quite spiffy. Then you need to tune in to DeadPit.com. It's the original horror talk radio show. Dead Pit is a show by the fans and for the fans. Uncensored and unbiased opinions are the goal of the show, giving fans honest reviews on new films and vintage classics of the horror genre. Make DeadPit.com your number one horror station destination. Take a lighter look into the darker side of the world. Join Elliot. Charity and Beagle as they jump into the dark abyss of hauntings, fables, UFOs, and beyond. The Spooky Family Podcast. You can find them where you listen to quality podcasts. <laughs> if you want to know about space, you have to know about the plants. If you want to know about the plants, you have to listen to me right now. Sun, Mercurus, Uranus, uh, water planets, Pluto, and uh, this one, they didn't have a name for it yet. It's too far away. You can name it if you want. You can name it Doris after my mom. If you want, it's up to you. From the heart of Appalachia, located under a shopping mall near the city that moves mountains, you're listening to Here to Chew Bubblegum with Goose and Dirty Dan. Get out the way, get out the way, bitch, get out the way, move, bitch, get out the way. Oh no, the fight's out, about to punch your lights out. Get the fuck back, guard your grill, there's something wrong and we can't stay still. Been drinking and bugging. And we're back. You're listening to Here to Chew Bubblegum. The International Space Station will intentionally fall to Earth and come to rest within the depths of Point Nemo, a watery graveyard 2,000 miles north of Antarctica, in January 2031. The space station will join the fragments of Russia's Mir and NASA's Space Lab in the South Pacific Ocean. Uh, This is an uninhibited area home to more than 263 pieces of intentional space junk debris. Since November 2000, the space station has functioned as an orbiting laboratory 227 nautical miles above our planet, as well as a home to continuously rotating crews, astronauts, and cosmonauts. It has been the site of multiple firsts as astronauts have successfully sequenced DNA and feasted on crops grown in space. The ultimate fate of the space station has been part of the plan uh, since before the modules ever launched. But when the space station uh, deorbits, it will be the end of an era, and part of its legacy will be preserved through space archaeology. Now that NASA has shared an updated transition plan for the space station, which currently 
doesn't include returning any artifacts to be used for research or museums. The studies a team of researchers want to conduct on the floating lab takes on added significance. What's more, by understanding the ways that astronauts have used the space tools on the space station, this input could be used in the design of future spacecraft and habitats during exploration of the moon and Mars. Why would we just let that... Why don't we stop destroying our planet and just, you know... I mean, you've got space junk floating around all the way out there, and then you're going to drop this in the ocean? I mean, you know, come on. You know, if you can still use it and it's not outdated, keep on using it. Just fix or build onto it and keep on using it. Why scrap it? I don't know. Can you see that? Yes. Yes, I can see that. So that's interesting, too. I'll drop these both in Telegram. But, yeah, like the numbers, the whole thing is just weird. And I didn't realize don't that it crashed in 2001. Mm-hmm. Yep. So well, let me ask you a question. How, the, how can they control where this crash is at on our planet? Um, by setting its trajectory and estimating okay. the flight path. Okay, so they okay, so so it's basically like driving a car, more or less. They set it and so just they take it's they take their the the item's weight with the gravitational force. They do a bunch of bullshit equations and estimate where it will get pulled and how far at what speed, and they just set it for that. Okay. That makes sense, and I should have thought about that. That just, you know, but normally, you know, when stuff deorbits or, or crashes like planes, you have no idea where it's going to land at. The, the, only, the only thing that makes it hard to really find something in water is the currents and undertoes. Um, that's where you can't really do much about estimating. You just kind of have a grid based off the results of, water current measurements. Let me ask you this. What if they're purposely crashing it there because, number one, nobody will ever be there to see if it is actually in the ocean. What if they're crashing it there and they have this secret technology where it's close to Antarctica that comes out and gets this and repurposes this stuff? Or, you know, or anything similar to that. It's a very, very deep part of the ocean. Yeah, but there's a lot of stuff in Antarctica that we don't know about. Oh, I know. I'm, I'm not. I'm not denying that whatsoever. I, the reason, at least for the public's knowledge of why right. it's going to be crashed there, is because of the 1,666 miles that it's away from everything or more. Which it's funny that it's Easter Island. Um, I just don't understand if space is what they say it is and it just keeps going and like shit that like there's however many like dead things up there and forgotten hey, satellites. Why are we as above so below? I understand. What? But, uh, but like, why are we? <laughs> I understand that. But what? Oh, never mind. 
No, never mind. Uh, <laughs> Rebecca, do you have the uh, email from Bolin pulled up in front of you? I'm not reading that. Why? No. Why? Come on. No. Come on. I skimmed it. Because I skimmed it. <coughs> so? You Dirty Dan. It. Dirty Dan, you want to read the email from Bolin? Sure. And then after you get done, Rebecca is going to sing for us. I'll read the email. Nope. <laughs> Hello, gang. Hello, gang. Hello, gang. I got some unfortunate news, news, news for everybody out there. <laughs> this past Friday night, little Bobby Ray Stevens and Dave <laughs> was over at the house, and he got into Sally Jean's Hughes liquor cabinet. It usually isn't a problem, and we don't mind, but we suspect not only did he drink a whole bottle of wild Irish rose, but he was mixing it with MD... 2020 and who knows what else because i woke up yesterday morning and that little butt fucker had shaved my beard off while i was asleep (laughs) i was so mad and still am and i have a notion to whoop that kitty son of a bitch's ass normally i would have woke up but i had been feeling a little under the weather and i took a round of horse tranquilizers to try and get a good night's sleep and shake it off so i slept through it Go get her before she wakes her up. I'll read the rest. Just because that little prick don't have a taint don't mean he shouldn't be held accountable for his actions. I've told him to stay off my property. What is a man without his beard? Sally Jean Sue has assured me she will still let me love her at night. And I guess, <laughs> I guess at the end of the day, that's all that really matters. Anyway, I don't got much else for you guys this week. I'm still so angry I could spit fire at the Russian soldiers and run them right out of Ukraine. Fuck little boy Bobby Ray Stevenson, Dave, and fuck Russian dressing, and fuck fuck vodka. Also, fuck that homophobic piece of shit, Ron DeSantis. Deliberately irate, Bowling Cox. P.S. How long does it take Putin's mom to take a shit? Nine months. Nine months. <laughs> oh, thank you very much, Mr. Bowling Cox. And I have actually saw a picture of him, Beardless, and I'm going to tell you what. He is a, he is a looker. He is a... Probably the sexiest. I didn't get a picture. He is no, no. I uh, I uh, didn't send it. This, this was text message, but he is. I, I will have to send that to you guys. He is. Hold probably, on, you're on texting status with Bolin. We're just gonna skip over that. What's that? You're on texting status with Bolin. Yes, yes, I am. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you Next can. Time. You can be too. You can be too. Yep. So. Bolin, I hope you heard that. You are going to have to text the Queen uh, and and. That's right. He comes on my lives. And Diva Dan, you will have to Diva text Dan. Diva Dan. When you're clean, you're Diva Dan. I will make sure uh, when we end the show that Bolin has your all's numbers to be able to text you. So okay. Um, the Queen has spoken. I need a gavel. Yes, definitely. You definitely need a gavel. Uh, but uh, again, Bolin looks 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 really nice. He's the sexiest man on the trail. He's he's clean shaven. Um, so before we close everything out, we're going to have open discussion. Is there anything? Hey, there he is. I, I I will definitely give him your number. Um, before we close everything out, we're going to have open discussion. Is there anything on your mind that you want to get off your chest that you want to talk about that grinds your gears? The floor is yours. That really grinds my gears. Yeah. That we decided to do an Antarctica episode and then never did it. Okay. Well, why don't we, where we were talking about doing, 
Were we going to do that this I Sunday? I wrote it in my book. I wrote it in my book. I got my people excited for Antarctica, and then I got the format. I was like, Mm-hmm. Were, we, were we going to do that this Sunday? If okay. if so, I apologize. How about this? How about where our our show before the break is next week? We do Antarctica and just a few other little things because we talked about you know having a long show, but we do Antarctica next Sunday. Does that does that work you for wanna, you? You want to give Antarctica a slot? Like an and hour, hour and a half. I'll think about it. Okay. I'll consult my advisors. You you consult your people. You have them get up with my people. And then they'll do lunch, and then we'll do lunch, and it will work out. You know, and, you know, that's that's totally my fault that we didn't do that this week. So, And I thought that we did, and uh, it it's just been a hell of a week at the Cookie Factory. It's better shit. So I understand. I'm just giving you shit. Okay. I'm just giving you shit. That's fine. That that is totally fine. Dirty Dan, is there anything on your mind? You want to give me shit for something? No, Diva Dan. Okay. Uh, we 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 do need to get our picture took together and our same shirts, Dirty Dan. I so. have my shirt. I just it's still in the bag. We're like, I already got dressed. We're like step brothers. No, you just got to make it out of here. No, I have that shirt. Oh, definitely, and I'm and I'm definitely going to. So, but we are like step brothers. So. I shaved the rest of my body too, if you know what I mean. Bowling Cox commented that. Oh yeah, I already pulled it out. You missed it. Yes, definitely. Uh, well, I guess we'll go ahead and start closing things out. I want to remind everyone to be sure to check out upcoming episodes of Bitching with Bertha, Cooking with Dirty Dan, and the Shipwreck Show. Dirty Dan, take it away. All right. So as we are still waiting for people to. Email back. Uh, don't forget, folks, if you have any people that you want um, to be shouted out, you want to recognize, get me their contact information. Um, I will get a hold of them. Uh, should add, oops, set up on there. I'm still waiting for him to message me back. Oh, he's not going to. But he's going to have to. That's how it rolls. So, in the meantime, don't forget to go over to YouTube, check out our You're Friends Adventures sure. with Purpose. Wrong sleeve. All right, yeah. go check up Fed Up Gear. Yeah. Wrong sleeve. Dude, you did the same thing I did. Yes, yes I did. <laughs> and he stood on this side. Um, <laughs> go to YouTube. Check out our, our friends over Adventures with Purpose. Uh, go to the website, adventureswithpurpose.com. Don't forget about tillvalhalaproject.com. And as always, our good friend of the show, DJ Nicky and Carbon Capture Shield. And don't forget, coming up next week, we are going to have uh, an Antarctica segment that will last an hour to an hour and a half. Dirty Dan is going to play the trumpet, and Rebecca is going to sing for us. Correct? Oh, no, none of that's happening. <laughs> I think we should do an Antarctica episode when we come back. Okay, okay. That that definitely works should, for me. I don't think it should just be a segment. Okay. Like, I think we should... You said next week's show's longer, though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we will definitely have a longer show next week. We, we will probably have about 12 to 15 emails next week because, you know, normally. Okay. So um, that right, will last a while. I'll, I'll text you. Okay. And um, I want to be sure to uh, thank Carlin for all the voiceover work. Be sure to check out friends of our show that have their own shows. I'm talking about CK and Uncle Bill over at deadpit.com. Talk Junkie with Justin Perkins. Jordan and Brad of Down the Holler, Seth Ambergy with Seth's Daily Podcast, Elliot Gertie and Beagle of SpookyFamilyPodcast.com, The Mount Mysteries Podcast with Chris Sloan, and if you are a fan of Cronkite, 
Uh, be sure to check him, Snowman and Large Marge, out over at Paranormal Trucker on YouTube. And don't forget about Beyond the Paranormal with John Marshall every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. And you can find that on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. And as always, if you want to awaken more, be sure to check out the lovely and beautiful Rebecca Short on TikTok and Twitch. That'll do it for this week. We'll see you next week. And until then, so long for now. Maybe I'm not leaving. Finish it. Finish it. Maybe you're not leaving. Oh, maybe I'm just going flunkers. Out. Bye. What the fuck? (laughs) Tune in next time as we dive deeper into things the government doesn't want us to know.